0: The back porch podcast I'm here with co-host G and this is Cruz what's going on G what's up everybody? all right, so we got some special questions this week. Uh, TJ was kind of going over two new questions instead of doing three this week, we're just going to cover two today yeah um, and I think the concept was to try and get a uh, get through more um, in depth with one question because I think we were running into a little bit of time issue last week with three
1: yeah
0: so no big deal. Um kind of the first initial question that he immediately dives into was was the prophet Isaiah and refle- and revelation or reflection or were they the same thing? Um I'd like to understand where this whoever asked that question were were they were thinking like whenever they ask that question. Yeah.
1: I mean, I just staying in your word and after digging into it, I kind of have my stand, my standpoint on it. So I guess we can, we're going to chat about it a yeah. little bit.
0: So immediately right away, what are some things that you, you can see as if they're reflections? So I know, um, after studying it and reading it, I started noticing
1: in like chapter 60 in Isaiah, it started talking a lot of like end time, started talking about the tribulation. Um, whenever Jesus, like kind of whenever he was going to come and then whenever he was going to leave, and it started talking about the new earth, and I just saw those similarities. and I was like, hmm, I could definitely see how somebody can uh, definitely see a reflection between, between yeah. Revelation and maybe, I don't know if it's all throughout Isaiah. I know Isaiah, he told prophecies, but like the ending books of uh, Isaiah. So yeah. I could definitely see that.
0: Yeah, no, yeah. I mean, there are a couple things in there that are very similar. Um, and I think the scripture that TJ initiated, uh, with that question was, was Isaiah one verse one, the vision of Isaiah, the sons of Amos, which he saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem in the days of Uzziah, Jotham, um, Ahaz, and Hezekiah, kings of Judah. Uh, so initially you see that Isaiah has this vision of, of these guys and I know immediately I can think of uh, Isaiah as a prophet and the, what makes of someone a prophet is someone who is this mediator for God, right? Yeah. Someone who's, who's down here, who's going to um, talk, talk to the people on God's behalf. Yeah. Um, and we see that through Moses. We see that even uh, to the initial question in John, because John had a message to proclaim, and it was the future. And so God initiated that. He chose John, and he said, hey, I want you to write everything down that you see. And the same thing was so with Isaiah. And immediately, I think of when Isaiah went before God, and he was in the same room with God. Mm-hmm. And it was saying that he he had this guilt come upon him and he was god's god's robes filled the temple just being in god's presence was just it was it was magnificent right yeah and the only thing and really the one thing that i take away from that entire scene is when uh i guess there are these creatures that are like floating and they've got like six wings and they've mm-hmm. got different faces um, and they're shout, shouting, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I just think that's, that is what a, a good representation of what heaven is going to be like one day, uh, just praising God yeah. and a, experiencing him in full. Um, so then whenever you compare that to, to John he had something similar. He had a similar experience. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he went before God yeah. and he saw all these things that were taking place. And so I can see where this person came up with this question.
1: Yeah. Most definitely. I mean, while doing my studying and everything, I was just like cross referencing. I mean, I have a, a study Bible and the other, just to go back, um, to continue on what um, TJ, uh, compared uh, the two verses. He went and read Isaiah 1, 1, and then he went and read Revelation 1, 1 through 2. And it reads, the revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show uh, to his servants, the things that must soon take place. He made it known by sending his angels to his servant, John, who bore witness to the word of God and to the testimony of Jesus Christ, even to all that he saw. So, The way that TJ described it or how he answered the question was that, um, Isaiah was speaking to the people of the time. He's speaking to the Jewish people of the time. And what revelation does is that it's speaking to the people of today. So is is maybe two different messages at the time, but where I kind of got my conclusion, I kind of think, and I can be wrong, I'm open to talk about it. I kind of feel like Isaiah is reflecting a little bit of revelation, um, I was reading, of course, like I said earlier, and it was there's just so many um like similarities between the text. Um in Isaiah six uh, sixty, verse nineteen, uh it's like equivalent to Revelation twenty-one, um, twenty-three through twenty-four, where it's describing how we don't need the sun and the moon anymore mm-hmm. because God would be the one to enlighten the world. Yeah. we don't need that anymore. And then in isaiah sixty twenty is equivalent to revelation 21 verse 4 to where it talks about there's no more mourning yeah um, where it's talking about whenever um jesus comes, and we go into heaven and everything we, there will be no mourning there will be no sadness there will be no um no more pain in the world and then another one would be isaiah 63 verse 2 would be equivalent to me in revelation 19 verse 13 and it's describing jesus's appearance after he's um completed Armageddon, and after he's done everything. It describes Jesus in um Isaiah 63. It asks, why are you uh, in a crimson robe? And then in um Revelation, it says that his robes were dipped in blood. And I'm like, whoa. it's it, I a just, lot of comparison Yeah, there. I saw those comparisons, and I was like, huh. It's very, very interesting. Yeah. So I kind of think in my... My opinion, and after the research, I I kind of think that Isaiah is a reflection, okay, of okay. Revelation.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of like I said, there's a lot of similarities there. Um, I think what's amazing because you got to think and you got to remember that God's plan was always the same this entire time. Yeah, it, it it was from the very beginning. Sin entered the world. He knew because we we sat down with TJ the other day mm-hmm. and he was saying, imagine there's a funnel. And there's all these events that are going on because at the top of the funnel, there is this broad, like the broad mouth of it where everything is just falling into the into the funnel. Yep. And at some point, everything's got to get smaller and smaller and smaller mm-hmm. down at the very end and it leads to Christ. Yeah. And so in the same way, everything has to point to Christ because if it weren't, then we, we would have tons of people who would spend eternity in hell or um i don't i don't know there'd probably be some crazy things going on yeah if there wasn't if there wasn't christ um for an escape basically mm-hmm. so i just think of if christ was the if christ was the end result of everything and if if christ has always been around then those plans had to have been around as long as Christ has been around. Oh yeah, and so what? What? Who are we to say that God can't reveal some of the things to come in the Old Testament? Because mm-hmm. we know that they, we knew that they were going to happen. Oh yeah, I mean that's why Isaiah was placed on earth um, to prophesy about Christ, mm-hmm. and then now, like I mean, going back to what TJ said um, and what you just said a second ago, how. Isaiah was speaking to the people at that time, mm-hmm. and now Christ is speaking to our generation. I mean, it's the same thing. Yeah. Um, so going back to what it, what we even talked about a second ago, this was all pre-recorded, um, or not pre-recorded, it wasn't recorded during this conversation, but I believe God is... God will always be the same, and he will always make the same decisions. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes you see similarities of how he acted or how he, some of the decisions that he made and some of the moves and, and str- strategies that he used, they're very similar. Yeah. And it makes you wonder why that is, and it's because God is constant. Mm-hmm. And I believe that God can, um, he can decide to change his mind if he wants to because he's God. Yeah. Um, But I believe in the Old Testament and in the New Testament, I mean, he's going to use the same examples Mm -hmm. because he can.
1: Yeah. The way I like to think about it is like, God's already set out the floor plan. He's already set out like, he's already set out the play of uh, football the plays and like what's going to happen what um coach Williams used to do my old football coach we used to set up and on Thursdays we used to do we used to run our first drive and on our first drive this is the first plays that we ran and no matter what we're going to run them and whatever happens happens yeah so I feel like it's similar with God he's already laid that out and we're able to see that but it's like we're kind of just watching in like anticipation you yeah. know, we're just like watching, we're like, man, we watch all these things unfold and we're like, oh my goodness, <laughs> this man ain't a liar. He's the truth right here. Yeah. So it's just, it's interesting to me. And I mean, of course, these are like, I, I love that these questions that they're they're being asked because they're bringing light to things that I'd never thought about. Um, I talked to you and TJ about it and I'm like, man, I love that you guys are asking me, that we're doing these question things because... It's like you're, with these questions, you're able to learn more about the Bible. I mean, yeah. It, it yeah. makes you dig more into it. And of course, like, like I said last week, um, this, this stuff, like decisions or whatever the conclusions that TJ comes up with, it's, it shouldn't deter you from the faith because what it, Jesus should, should be right at the center and everything. Um, so yeah.
0: Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um. And so I can't, I think you already said this, but I wrote down in my notes uh, Isaiah came unto the scene to be a mediator of God. Israel was far from God, so he came to prophesy of Jesus and then revelation is a book about the coming of Christ, but how he's coming back mm-hmm. um and so I think that is the that's that's the biggest difference is what is what TJ was saying and i and I think I fall under that same category that Isaiah, yes, he was speaking of revelation events as well. Yeah. Um, but I also think he was he was speaking of the Christ to come mm-hmm. because someone had to prepare the way, right? I mean, yeah. you had you also had John the Baptist who was also doing that, yeah. and at some point, someone had to say, "Hey, Christ is going to come. He's going to come as a lamb, mm-hmm. but then he's going to come back, and it's not going to be as pretty." Yeah. Right. So you have this beforehand of who Christ is uh like he's coming back gentle and sweet he's coming with grace but then revelation it it's it's almost like it's really violent yes um because you and I think that's why a lot of Christians are even scared to to go and read that by themselves yeah <laughs> we talked about that <laughs> yeah just because they hear and this is the weird thing they hear of rumors of what revelation entails and so they're afraid to dig into that for themselves um i wasn't it wasn't until i was maybe in my sophomore year maybe junior year of college that i started digging into scripture mm-hmm. and i had been going to church uh since i was in sixth grade
1: yeah
0: and uh, i'm just now i was just now digging into it but i will say i had uh I had my father-in-law leading me through that. And so it was good to have him because I knew that he was more uh, knowledgeable about, about revelation than I was. Yeah. Um, but I don't think we should be afraid, afraid to dig into it for ourselves. Yes, exactly. Um, like there's, um,
1: another question that came up with it. Um, did you remember that question is like talking about the prostitute in, a. Uh, I think he said in Isaiah and Revelation. Yes.
0: What um, is the book of Revelation? Do you have that question down? Yeah. Okay. Uh,
1: it, so the cr- question was <laughs> the prostitute referred to in both books, what is that? Greed, love of self or uh, love of self or human sin.
0: Yeah.
1: Um it is in Revelation 17 verses 1 through 2, in Isaiah 121. And I I really liked the explanation that uh, TJ gave because I I never thought about it that way. Um, He was basically saying that um, the prostitute was Babylon, right? Or am I wrong there? Yeah, he was talking about the prostitute is Babylon and how it's entered the world and how it can come into our faith. And he compared it to like a marriage. Um, If, you know, you have a husband and a wife, but then a prostitute is to come in. That doesn't mix in very well, (laughs) right? Yeah, Yeah. So it's like... This um, this prostitute or AKA sin has came in and it's disrupted things. Yes, and I yes. I, I really really like that explanation. Of yeah,
0: that. Um, I wrote down that same thing. Uh, the prostitutes in Isaiah that Isaiah references are the things that ruin our spiritual relationship with Christ, mm-hmm. with God. Um, and then it's it's spiritual immorality. All the things that cor- that make you corrupt. Yeah. All the things that corrupt our systems. All the things that um, that seem like they go unnoticed, but it's like God sees it, right? Mm-hmm. And so Isaiah, um, Isaiah sees all that, and he's t- he's talking, like you said, about the city of Babylon. Uh, Babylon. It was a great city. Mm-hmm. I mean. You're talking about a city that was overthrowing so many other kingdoms and so many other um, lands. And, and yet Isaiah has this, pretty much this pitiful thing to say about them. Yeah. Like you're, you're this strong, you're this mighty, but yeah, like you're also spiritually corrupt.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, these questions are like, they're interesting to me. I, I mean, it, it was kind of hard. I'm going to be honest. It was hard for me to study with it because I've never been, of course, I've never been tasked to like, answer something like this. I, I'm i not that well-versed in the Bible. And thank God I have Cruz and Tyler G. and Tyler and not Tyler and TJ to like kind of walk me through with it. So, man, it's, it's all a learning experience. We all walk through this
0: together. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, that's what it's really about. Um, we teach each other. I mean, there are a lot of things that... I didn't know coming into the porch, and here I am, and I'm still asking tons of questions. And it's probably going to be that way for the rest of my life. Um, And then I think in Revelation, um, I don't know if you mentioned this already, but the prostitutes in Revelation, those are referring to the Pharisees and false prophets, Mm. false teachers. Mm. Um, That's what TJ wrote down, or that's what he said. And I, I definitely see that because that was the main reason why Christ was crucified to begin with. It was because of the Pharisees, because of the false teachers and false prophets. Um, and so in Revelation, we're going to have run into that same issue. Um, let me see here. But all in all, both, um, both are unfaithful. To the Lord is, yeah. is where we concluded with that. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I mean, I honestly don't have much more about that question. Do you have any, Do you have any more about it? No, that was it. Yeah. <laughs> we can move on to the next question. All right. So that was the first question. Um, we've got question number two, which was, what happened to verse verse uh, oh, John this 5,
1: interesting. verse 4? This is very, okay, Chris, what kind of Bible do you have?
0: I have the uh, ESV.
1: I do too. I didn't have it in my Bible. I'll be honest. <laughs>
0: yeah. It, it's it's. Um, let's go ahead and read it real quick. Okay, let's see if I can find it. So, again, this was John 5, verse 4. And this is what it says. I'll go ahead and start in chapter 1, okay. or verse 1. It says after this there was a feast of the Jews and the Jews went up to Jerusalem. Now there is in Jerusalem by the Sheep Gate a pool in Aramaic called Beth, um, Bethda. I don't know how to pronounce that. Which had five uh, roofed colonnades. In these laid, in these laid a multitude of invalids, the blind, lame, and paralyzed. And so it skips from verse 3 where it says the blind, lame, paralyzed to verse 5. Which was, one man was there who has been an invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that, he, uh, that they had already been there a long time, he said to him, do you not want to be healed? And so the verse that we're talking about was verse 4. It goes from verse 3. And verse 4 is nowhere to be found in the ESV.
1: Yeah. And yeah, I mean, it's, I think TJ said that it is in the KJV, um, King James Version. Yeah. And um, what verse 4 says is, um, perfect. Uh, verse 4, thank you, Tyler G. You're a beast. I was, about, I was about to say, we need to read it. Verse 4 in the KJV um, says, For an angel went down at a certain season into the pool and troubled the water. Who, Whosoever. Then first, after the troubling of the water, stepped in and was made whole of uh, whatsoever disease he had. So it was saying that um, this angel. So how TJ described it was of uh, people who were injured or who were crippled or anything like that. They'd come to this pool and wait for an angel to come down. And um, if you read on, this is about um, Jesus coming up to a man who was sitting by the who was laying by the pool. But nobody would come up and lay him into the water and nobody would do that. Um, So what they believe is that an angel would come up and stir, stir up the water and whoever is in that water, the angel would heal them. Right. But um, in some, like how I'm going to read, I have a study Bible here and I'm going to read what it says about verse four. See uh CESV footnote the material about an angel of the lord stirring the water and bringing healing appears in some early manuscripts but not the earliest thus verse 4 should not be considered part of scripture it's just, ooh. <laughs> So it's so what it's saying there is that in some of the manuscripts verse 4 is inside there
0: mm-hmm.
1: um but in others it's not inside there
0: Right Yeah so it's like Man, that's that's kind of weird, right? Right. Yeah. You're yeah. Not- now we're picking and choosing. It seems like. Yeah. And so that's. I think that is where um, most most Christians are having trouble with. And again, none of this, um, in my opinion, none of this should be uh, faith changing. Yeah. Because we know in the end that Christ is Lord. Mm-hmm. Christ is our King, and yeah. He is coming back one day to take us home. Um, and so. But that's still, nonetheless, it's still a question that we're curious about. What yeah. happens to verse 4? Why is that taken out? Yeah,
1: I mean, so I'm going to go over how TJ explained it. Go ahead. Um, so in verse 4, uh, so he was explaining in some manuscripts, they maybe just left it out because that could have been distracting of what Jesus's power was. Um What this could have done is that people could have been idolizing um angels instead of um seeing jesus as being the ultimate healer in which he says um basically says you're healed you don't need this water stand up son you don't need any of that so i can definitely see in some manuscripts but i think this shouldn't really yes it could arise questions yes there's um some people some people could ask well if they took this verse out what else could we be missing right?" right So, I kind of did some more studying, and I kind of went through, like, there's a criteria on, like, how scholars who come up and make up uh, versions of the Bible, ESV, and they look at all the manuscripts. There's, like, 35,000 manuscripts. And the Bible, fun fact, has um, more manuscripts of antiquity than any other um, book of history. So... I believe it's like 35,000 for the Bible and then the next book of antiquity is only like 600 something. So that's a lot. Mm, yeah. <laughs> I mean, for a book that some people say isn't true, I mean, right. you, it, we have so much history for it. Yeah. So there's a criteria for it. And I'm going to read off the criteria. Um one, um is it connected to Jesus? Two, does it match theologically? Three is it historically accurate, and four has it been recognized as scripture earlier? Okay. So, what these uh, what these scholars do is that they will go through and actually going back to the beginning, the history of the Bible is so interesting. The one thing that that can make us sure that this Bible that we have in our hands that it is reliable is there's multiple facts within it. Um, it's never been controlled by one single human being. Um, you know, in other religions, one person got a hold of the uh, manuscripts and they ended up uh, burning it or burning out other things that they didn't like, doing this or that. Right. But within the Bible, that never happened. Um, people around the world or around that time, around the area, the Bible is written in four different languages, I believe. And um, these people, how they would do it is that uh, they get the the original, Right. The best way I can describe this is by let's say I'm a teacher, which I never would be. <laughs> I'm a teacher, I'm, and I'm standing in a room full of class. I, I'm standing in a room full of students, and I have maybe like five rows. I'm going to tell them a story, right? I, I'm going to say, "Okay, first row, I want you to write down what I just said," and then you are going to write down, take some time. Okay, second row. I want at first row, pass it back. Uh, I want you to, um, read off what you, uh, what you wrote down to the second row. So on and so forth, going down to the fifth row. And after the fifth row gets it done, I'm going to gather all of them and I'm going to read, I'm going to say, okay, guys, we're going to read through all of these. And so what we would do is that we would read all the manuscripts and then we would see if there were mistakes, you know, um, one amazing thing is that there's, uh, I don't know, yeah, do you know the Dead Sea Scrolls? Mm-hmm. So the Dead Sea Scrolls, they were discovered in um, 1947. And one main passage that we're going to look at is uh, Isaiah 53. So Isaiah 53, most of the manuscript was inside there. Like most of the, the chapter or the book was inside there. And this dated back 700 uh, BC before Christ. And this was describing Jesus. Um, it, didn't dis- it didn't say Jesus outright, but it was talking about a Messiah that is to come and what he would go through and what he would do. And they read this original manuscript, and it was 99% accurate.
0: There we go. There was
1: maybe... There's only one word. I mean, there's, there's maybe... Um, some like letter mistakes, of course, writing down. I'm not a perfect speller. I don't think I don't any of us are a perfect speller. But there's only one word that was messed up, and it was light. It was the word light. So, what that, what we were able to see is that through the years, as we went through and we got translations down, we, we um, as we received our Bibles and we looked back at a manuscript that was that dates all the way back to 700 BC, we're able to see, man, we got this right. Like, we're able to see that we didn't, nobody went far off, that we had 99% accuracy of what the, it wasn't the original, but what the the earliest manuscript said. Right. Which is absolutely amazing. Yeah. Um, And then there's other facts. Um, With the Bible, there was this guy named, I'm I'm horrible with names. I'm sorry, guys. Ignatius. Ignatius was, he was alive around early 100 AD, and he wrote down notes, or he wrote letters. And he is, uh, what he did is that he, as you went through his letters and they were found, he um, quoted from a bunch of scripture. Um I'm just going to rattle off a bunch of them uh, he quoted from Matthew Luke John Romans first Corinthians second Corinthians Galatians Ephesians Philippians Colossians first Thessalonians first and second Timothy first Peter and first John so this man who was alive at about one hundred a d maybe about seventy years after Jesus passed uh, Jesus died and resurrected he was quoting from these books that we are reading today um he so we're able to see that the early church was reading and they accepted these gospels and these books and these letters that were made. Um, there's another guy named Polycarp. Um, I'm trying to think. He was either, he was a student on one of the disciples. But he lived at 125 AD and he quoted Ephesians. And so there's a bunch of councils. And last week I talked about the council in nicaea I take that back. All right. I'm sorry. I take it back. So after doing, I listened to this lecture. Um, I forgot the professor's name, but he is out of the Houston um, Seminary. Um, I don't, I forgot the college, but there is this, um, this council of Anthon, Ah oh, my goodness, Anthonasius on uh, AD 367. And what they did is that they recognized all the New Testament, New Testament books. Which is all the 20, all twenty seven of them, and one amazing thing is is that they weren't trying to whenever they met, and these were church leaders and such. They weren't trying to take away or add anything. What they were trying to do was um, validate and uh, go through these criteria,s and real. And what they came to realize is that, yeah, I mean, there is there's still some uh, debate about some of the books and who was the true author. But they're accepted as the original scriptures, the um, the original what's the word here authoritative scripture that we follow today. Yeah. So absolutely. Shut up for a little
0: bit. No, that was good. That was good. It seems like you did some really deep uh, research there. Amen. Research. I love the Bible, son. (laughs) No, yeah, that was good. Um, So yeah, there's a lot of there are reasons out there why. The scriptures that that we have in the ESV are there. But then there's also reasons why there are other original, um, like the uh, other, what <clears throat> should we call it? Uh, yeah, like the King James version. Different versions or, and such. Yeah, different versions. There are reasons why, um, to be honest, I I started going with the ESV. Simply because that was the book that was given to me when I graduated high school. Mm -hmm. Um, And I stuck with that throughout my entire college career. Um, I actually met a guy who told me to read out of the NIV. And I started reading out of the NIV. And I got nothing against either books. I just felt like the ESV for me made more sense. Yeah, and so I just it's, continue reading out of the ESV. It's like easier to read. You, yeah, would you easier
1: say? to read. Yeah, and that's like that's one thing with like translations. So with different translations, um, it, like I said, it's a bunch of scholars who go who go through and they make these and they take all the information and they um, create these different versions. And as we see. For me, in my opinion um, verse uh, John five verse four, it kind of gives me more confidence in the Bible. You know what I mean um, so they 're not just outright they 're not even talking about in in my study bible it 's not just totally disregarding verse four it talks Mm. about verse four in it yeah it'll say it's in some manuscripts and it's not in some it's just a fact we're it's not like we're hiding and we're saying oh we're totally disregarding this right it's letting you know that it's it's in some and it's not in some yeah and so that makes me feel more confident in the reliability of this book right here
0: absolutely i think what's interesting about that passage i think of um honestly I just think of the movie this is gonna be sidetrack here I'm happy I'm I ready think for it. of the movie Hercules mm. uh, just because they have these different gods and they have these different characters um, but what's so what's so fascinating and again I think that's what makes um, movies like that so good mm-hmm. is that you're able to take prehistoric um, beliefs prehistoric um I guess, false gods, which we know they are false gods, um, but then turn them into movies. And so that's literally like a movie scene right there, the healing at the pool on the Sabbath. Like all these people believe that there is this this God Mm -hmm. that's stirring this water that is like some sort of magical water. And I've heard of this so many times in different... In different um, countries, mm-hmm. they all have their own their little thing. Like if you go to um, if you go to this waterfall or something like that, yep. then you'll be healed. What or, is that called?
1: The Fountain of Youth.
0: The Fountain of Youth. Hey,
1: we're searching for it, baby. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: you have like the City of Gold. You have like all these different things. That's what I think of whenever I read this passage. And one thing that I took away from last Sunday was. During that time, I believe there were people that had that still believed in different gods. Yeah. And so when Christ came, he was like, It's not the water yeah. that brings healing. Mm-hmm. It's your faith. Amen. And so Jesus, he's that's whenever he, he tells this guy, stand up and walk. because um, this is what he says. Um, one man was there who had been an invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had already been there for a long time, he said to him, do you want to be healed? First off, what kind of question is that? Yeah, (laughs) This this guy's been an invalid for 38 years. Of course he wants to be healed, right? Mm -hmm. Jesus knew the answer. And so it was more of like a rhetorical question. The sick man answered him, Sir, I have no one to put me in the pool. When the water is stirred up and while I'm going, um, another steps down before me, and so it's like, it's like you going to buy a brand new pair of Jays that just came out. Yeah. All right. You want, you want these Jordans, you've been looking at them or the Xbox or PlayStation. Yes, sir. You show up and you see a whole line of people. Oh yeah. There's probably a small chance you're going to get a pair. Right. <laughs> yeah. And so that's what this guy was experiencing. Mm-hmm. This guy was already having trouble get to the, get to this pool. And as soon as he would get to it. Mm-hmm. Someone would step down before him. Yep. Um, <laughs> and so, this is, what it, this is what the rest of it says um, Jesus said to him, Get up, take your bed, and walk. And at once the man was healed, and he took up his bed and walked. And so that was just the first part, because this also happened on the Sabbath. Mm -hmm. Um, So the first part was that Jesus performed a miracle, right? We know that Jesus can perform miracles. We've seen him do it many times before already. Mm -hmm. Um, But for this guy, it was obviously personal. And more than that, Jesus was crushing this idea that it's the water that brings healing. It's this water that brings some sort of salvation and Obviously, this message was more than just about healing. It was, in my opinion, I think it's about validity of of your faith. Yeah. Because we we always hear it in the old or in the New Testament, faith without works is dead. Yeah. And and it's the same way. You can have faith, but where is your faith if you're not not that faith? not that doing works gives you faith or, you know, earns your way to heaven. Yeah. But faith inspires, faith inspires what? Works. Faith inspires works. Amen. So um, in that same way, I think Christ, that's what he was doing right then. Yeah. He crushed this idea that this water brings healing. And instead he said, hey, it's more about faith than it is about this water thing. Mm-hmm. And so that was the first thing. The second thing was now... Uh, that was on the Sabbath. So Jews said to the man who had been healed, it is the Sabbath and it is not lawful for you to take up your, uh, take up your bed. But he answered, but he answered them, the man who healed me, that man said to me, take up your bed and walk. And if you don't know, um, in the Jewish tradition, you don't you don't work on on the sabbath you don't do mm-hmm. perform any sort of healing you don't um they even they like you don't tend your your fields you don't even work your um your donkeys or your ox or whatever they would do back in the day yeah. like you wouldn't put them to labor basically mm-hmm. and here Jesus was defying this this idea because for Christ it was more than just working i mean he was bringing healing he was restoring faith and obviously the 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 jewish leaders at that time they couldn't see that they just saw a man who was trying to be unlawful Mm -hmm. who was trying to be um and who was crippled before right yeah and he was crippled before Mm -hmm. so that's kind of where i land with that i i just think it's a I just imagine a big old movie scene right there. Yeah, exactly. I don't That's- know why. <laughs> Amen to that. I mean,
1: guys, we can have... I mean, I'm, we don't even have to... We can look at outside sources. Um, look up this guy named Josephus. I don't know if I talked about it before on here, but he was a guy... He wasn't a, um, he wasn't a believer at all. He was a Roman secretary who, who wrote down... Um, the Roman history and everything, and he wrote about Jesus. He wrote about this man named Christ who um, started this movement. He, he's kind of talking bad on saying that it wasn't a right movement. It was wrong. And he didn't believe in Christianity, but he wrote about Jesus, and he said he did miraculous things. And there's all kinds of outside sources, not, non-Christian sources, that, that dates back to the time of Jesus, and they talk about him. So we can have, there's historical evidence, we have evidence in um, manuscripts, Um, the way that the Bible came together, um, we can have confidence that the Bible that we have right here, it's God's word.
0: It's God's word. It's God's word. I always fall back on this, um, the same thing when it comes to, uh, for people who are struggling um to believe if scripture is real and if if Christ is who he says he is i always fall back to this and it's the same thing that you kind of hit you hit on earlier with the 35,000 manuscripts mm-hmm. um versus like what would you say 600 yeah uh so god's plan is always going to be fulfilled mm-hmm. no matter what amen to that uh, you could have someone who's going to going to try to burn every single bible in the world and God's still gonna ha- have his way. Um, how that would look, I have no clue. Yeah. But I know God is powerful enough. I believe he is ge- a genius. I believe that he is all knowing. Um, so, in some way, his gospel is gonna be proclaimed. Yeah. And taking out, for me, taking out one verse, um, I get how that can distort a couple things in someone's faith. Um, but in, in my opinion, it shouldn't, I think there's still one message to proclaim. And then that's, that's Jesus is the Christ. He is the Mm -hmm. son of man and he came, um, to forgive all sins. Exactly. And that is, that's where I, I lay with all, that's where I stay with all of it. Um, do you have anything else?
1: I don't, um, actually one thing, uh, guys with these questions, uh, I believe it's good for us to be going walking through this question because one day I believe um, maybe somebody can come up and ask you this exact same question and being able to have the knowledge upon it and um, knowing these things, it can uh, maybe bring somebody to faith um, because yeah. if they have questions, we should have, I believe it's in First Peter, I'm sorry if I'm wrong, but it talks about having a testimony for our faith yeah. and um, yeah. being able to defend it in some way, so yeah. Take these questions if you'd like to, and um, just learn about it, research it deeper. Um,
0: and I'll say this too, um, and I think it needs to be reiterated uh, as many times as possible. I know that there are people out there who have a gajillion questions, mm-hmm. and if you are a new believer or if you're struggling to to believe um, in the in in Scripture and in Jesus, um, just know that there are questions that will not be answered. Yeah. There there will be. Yeah. It says it in scripture that there are mysteries to God that, that will never be revealed. Mm-hmm. And is that wrong? I think God can do whatever he wants. Yeah. And if he wants to hide something, not really hide something, but um, not reveal that to us, mm-hmm. I think he can. Yeah. And if there's a better purpose, if there's a bigger purpose in the end for it, then I want God to have his way. Because uh, again, this all, this is a, we're walking by faith here. And that's where it all starts. That's where it has to start. It's by faith. Amen. It says it in scripture that blesses the one who hasn't seen and still believes. Amen. That's our generation. Yeah. We didn't get to see Christ walk and heal and bring back to life. We didn't get to see those things. But here we are and his gospel is still being spread throughout the nation, throughout the entire world. And like I said, we know what's going to happen in Revelation, yeah. uh, whether you've heard rumors or whether you've done some research for yourself. I think in the end, uh, what is written in Scripture, what is written written in Revelation will come to pass. Yeah. It's going to. Amen. So um, thank you guys for joining us today. I want to invite you guys to like and share. And if you have any questions, please let us know. Join in. Um on the questions for this series, we're literally i think there are people who are still writing questions down, and so we're gonna go through this i guess how for as long as t j can handle it i'm not mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not quite sure um but if you have questions for yourself and you don't attend the porch, please write them down go visit our um our website the the porch and Anola. Yeah. Or um, you can reach out to one of us through email, through text. our contact information is there. And again, this is right now this is only this podcast is found only on Spotify. We do look to branch out. Um, but as of right now it 's just on Spotify. Yep. So just go uh, maybe doing your part is by sharing this, uh, sharing this podcast with someone. Yeah you can reach people. yeah it's not for the porch, it's for the world baby. Okay. <laughs> Thank you guys for joining. God bless.